Kuda. You're listening to a game-based learning podcast from Core Education. Watching how excited they became. And it's just a beautiful thing to watch. They were, I mean, you have children, just their eyes light up, they smile. They've made the character move. Not by pressing a button, they've coded it and they've made it work. I'm here today with James Hopkins, who's been working with schools using GameFruit. What does it involve for the teachers and the students? Wow, where do I start? What does it involve and, and how's it going, really? GameFruit's an interesting one in that um, the students that we've worked with so far, and they would number comfortably well into the hundreds, access it anytime, anywhere, anyhow, means that students can choose to jump on online, they can go after school, before school, um, and, and then also during the sessions that the teachers are running in their class. I guess some of the, the, the biggest things to, to have a really good look into are, once you've explored the platform, working out how it will wrap around your current program to not make it an extra on top and the biggest piece of advice that we give to teachers is whatever you do don't make this uh, don't make it a reward wrap this into your program make it part of your learning and if you can synchronize your literacy program and this at the same time you know it's going to work for the kids and one of the biggest things we say to them is you know if you were writing uh, a story or you were reading a story that had any form of journey involved, you'd read a bit, you can code a bit, um, recreate whatever it is that you're doing using the game. And um, we're watching students at the moment who are writing the first chapter of a narrative in their class, then they're coding the first level of the game, and then they're going back and going, oh, I need to add that to my narrative because I've added that into my game, and the two become one. Um, and it's a wonderful experience. One of the things that that obviously means, though, is that the process around writing and especially around that literature side of things if you incorporate game-based learning like this in there it does take longer so the biggest piece of advice i suppose i could offer teachers immediately is plan to make this happen and from a setup perspective plan to get it set up as quickly and efficiently as possible but know that it will probably take you a good half an hour to get every student on in the right place get the headsets on check all the video settings are working and everything else because you know, if you're at the mercy of the school network and um, and the admin console, and if settings need to be checked, it's a good opportunity to test it with a small group of students before you roll it out for your whole class. What we've been doing specifically is around getting students into a space where they use the GameFruit content and the GameFruit designed videos. Uh, and the wonderful Dave Thornycroft at GameFruit has created these videos in the background, and we we watch them, and you watch the students doing it now because they do it in their normal life. Anyway, they watch a bit of the video, they pause it, they flick back over to the tab, they make the change. Um, Some of the really confident ones, you can see them skimming through the video and looking at the stills and then going, right, get there, pause, copy the code. And so we often push them to go back a little bit and actually make sure they understand the whole concept and it's not a copying exercise. But because you have that video-based content and because you can rewind and fast forward, it just means students have that absolute freedom to work at their own pace. Within the videos themselves, obviously, you tick off where you've got. And so the teacher in the background can also see how far students are working through the lessons and how it's going for them. And it means, you know, you can walk straight over to a student and go, hey, I've just seen you uh, tick off the whole of lesson, a uh, whole of session two, and you've finished all the video content. How are you going? Are you ready to move forward? And it's a good way of just checking in and touching base. I suppose one of the biggest pieces of advice I could offer to teachers once they're up and running is other than, um, you know, make. Uh, be prepared to make time for this is 
at the moment we facilitate it in schools and we run for about an hour to an hour and a half and what we ask teachers to do is to run a 40 minute to an hour session in addition to that wherever they can squeeze that into their program as the students get more and more confident and as uh, and if you uh, like for instance if you had a program in your classroom that was uh, student-centered and students are timetabling themselves it's relatively straightforward if it's a more teacher-directed program then it does actually have to be built into the program uh, so that, that the students can you know know when they are supposed to be on and when they're not in the background again using the teacher console is quite interesting to see what sort of time kids are going on they're going on at 5 6 30 at night that sort of thing or they're finishing dinner and the emails are being fired back and forth and they're how do i do this and can you help me do this and this isn't working so that's been really interesting the feedback uh, some of the feedback we've got specifically from students is, and it's some things that we take for granted. They haven't been doing this for a while. I suppose I'd almost desensitize myself. Watching how excited they became at the end of the first week of sessions, if you like, and the videos, because they'd managed to put a character on the page and made it move. And it's just a beautiful thing to watch. They were, I mean, you have children, just their eyes light up, they smile. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, that's nice. You've made a character move. But actually, when you look at their face and you realise, not only, it's more than that, they've made a character move, but I suppose if I put the right stress on the right word in the sentence, they've made the character move. Not by pressing a button, they've coded it and they've made it work. And you hear them, and you hear them starting to use the language of it. And so if I do, if I press that, then he's going to do that. And I said, well, you've just informally used an if-do clause. And they look all excited at you. Um, and then in, obviously, in addition, we're wrapping the language of computational thinking around it as well. So we've got kids going, oh, I'm just going to go in there. There's a bit of an ab- there's some abstraction work I need to do, and, and I need to go and debug that process. This is exciting. And hopefully it also reassures, teaching that, uh, reassures teachers that you can wrap something like this around and into your existing program and get the language of computational thinking associated with it, and they're generating a digital outcome. You're pretty much hitting CT and 3DO all at the same time. You've been listening to a game-based learning podcast from Core Education. Mateo.